Hey guys, welcome and thank you for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. My guest today earned her BA, her MBA, and her MS from Boston University, where she also studied as an undergrad. She was a business executive in the fast-paced tech world, juggling a career in parenthood when she began experiencing severe insomnia due to stress and decided it was time for a change. She's the founder of Kind Lab, a radical plant-based wellness company. Please welcome Miss Angela Arena to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks so much for being here, Angela. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before you got into the cannabis industry? Sure. So, you know, I was in the technology space. I worked at FedEx for years. Um, it was and ended up being great experience working in a heavily regulated industry because, as you know, uh, at least in Massachusetts, there's nothing more regulated, heavily regulated than cannabis except for uranium. So worked at FedEx for 12 years in technology and operations, just kind of trying to always keep all the plates spinning, keep things going, um, decided to make a jump, came back up to Massachusetts into the um, more of the startup space, worked for a um, two tech startups, which was great. But in the process of doing that, kind of got caught up in some insomnia, stress, anxiety, that kind of thing, and got interested in cannabis and decided to kind of go off on my own. Well, why cannabis, though? Would you, had you been interested in cannabis before the stress began? Have you, have you been a recreational user in part of your life, or was this something new? No, this was something new. And actually, I still get excessively teased for being in this industry because I was very, very much uh, anti-marijuana. I figured if it was illegal, the government made it illegal for a reason. You know, uh, Mr. T told me to say no to drugs, Nancy Reagan, and I really, really listened. And I was very much opposed to it. In fact, when I was going through this insomnia and people were just watching me suffer, um, I had a lot of people suggest going to cannabis and I just resisted it so much for that reason. So the fact that I'm so far over on the other side now really, I think, is a testament to a lot of people, especially people who know me, of, of how really helpful it can be. And and when you, before you actually took people's advice, I'm sure you tried some other things. What were the other things that you tried? Did you go to a doctor and get some sleep medication or what did you do? Yeah, so... It had been a couple of months and I was really, really circling the drain. I had really tried everything that I consider kind of socially acceptable slash over the counter, your Tylenol PM, you know, wine, alcohol, um, you know, trying to change how I was eating around sleep, the whole thing. My next step was really to take that, you know, that big step, which I was trying to avoid going to the doctor, you know, feeling like I'm complaining asking for some help sleeping um, and getting sleep medication. It just happens to be I had a colleague at the same time that was taking a prescription sleep medication and we would get these bizarre rambling emails from them at night. It almost became like a joke. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, what is that doing to your brain? And it made me so, so nervous that that was a step I was not willing to take. So I really let myself get really low by the time you know, if I was such a staunch believer saying no to drugs and I was willing to try marijuana before I was willing to jump to prescription, I think that probably says something too. But fortunately, because the cannabis works so well, I didn't have to. Right. And let's talk about that first experience. I mean, was so the, of course, back then, was it legal or was it not legal? Mercifully, Massachusetts had a legal medical 
So we were very, very early on in, but most of it was still in the illicit market. And so did we, was your first experience in the illicit market or was it in the medical program? It was in the illicit market because at that point, nobody, there were not that many people who had licenses. So it was still illicit, which was another thing that made me nervous. You didn't know where it came from, who grew it, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, you know, when you think about it, it's not a whole lot different from generic medications. You know, you don't necessarily know all the fillers and everything that's in those as well. And for me, at least going to a plant kind of softened the blow a little there. Gotcha. And so the, your first experience was you, you, you got something from somebody and rolled a little joint and sat down on the couch in the living room and took a hit. I mean, what, what was going through your brain? So I have this little, it's called a one hitter. It just gives you like the tiniest, tiniest amount. Cause that's about all I was willing to like kind of try out, go in. I'm in my room. I'm like trying to give myself a pep talk to make this happen. I take this tiny little tope. I'm like hanging my head out the bathroom window in the middle of winter in Massachusetts, <laughs> exhaling it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is going to, and I was out Got the whole it. night. I woke up to my alarm. My husband was looking at me and started cheering because it was the first time I had slept through the night and actually woken up to my alarm in months. Um, so I just remember thinking there's no way that just happened. It had to be some like weird twilight zone situation. And I was like, no, that actually did happen. I just got nine hours of sleep uninterrupted, which hasn't ha- hadn't happened to me in months. And and then did, did you become, from that point on, a daily user or not a daily user? Did you say, well, it must have been something else, so let me, let me try something else first before I go back to this, or did you stick with it? It was more of, you know, I got the great sleep. The next day, I go to work. I'm feeling good. I'm get, actually getting things done. I can pay attention. Um, and I'm thinking all day, like, there's no way. That's got to be a coincidence. It just happened to be, like, the stars aligned, and I just got my sleep. Next day, tried it again, worked again. Next night, tried it again, worked again. Um, you know, and if it, you know, if it's a plant and it's not broke, don't fix it. So really what it did was it interested me to think of there is an option that's natural and has, at least from my experience, you know, over those nights, no negative side effects. Why aren't other people talking about this? Why are, why would my next step have been to go? you know, to a prescription medication that I was really resisting. And so that's kind of what got me interested in it is that this is not a coincidence. This is actually a viable solution and we need to start talking about it. And then of course, did you? I guess you must've done some research and some studying at that point, moving forward to figure out why is this all hyped up the way it is, right? Exactly. So when I started doing research, you know, you discovered that Cannabis has been used in, in, you know, ritual and medicine for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, they found it in ancient Egyptian tombs um, and it was in the U.S., you know, pharmacopoeia for you know, in the early 1900s, as recently as that. So the plant has been around and used by humans safely for ages. The prohibition has really just been in the last hundred years. So it's all we know, but it's not the history of the plant by any means. Um and the prohibition was was for reasons not even because of the plant. Exactly, exactly. So that's another reason. It's kind of like, wait, it wasn't even the plant itself that triggered that. It was really all just like social and racial injustice, which to me was even more infuriating. It's like you're taking away a viable solution just because you're being jerks, basically. So that was even more frustrating is that this isn't a viable option. And the reasons why it's not are so wrong. 
Right. So then as you did, the, again, you did more research, you started to realize that, you know, there are these things called cannabinoids and some of them benefit you without the euphoric side of it. And some of them benefit you with slightly using the euphoric side. So is that what sent you down the path to try to figure out whether or not you could help others by creating your own, you know, idea, your own your kind labs? Is that what sent you down the path? Yes. I mean, it was really at the time, obviously, Massachusetts was one of the first states to roll out a program. There really weren't that many programs. Um, and there, even in the hemp space, it was difficult to find hemp that was grown in the U.S., not to mention any hemp that would have been um, you know, put into finished products. So I just started doing more experimenting, you know, working with what I could pull together, coming up with solutions to problems I had. I hurt my back the trouble sleeping obviously started it, you know, daytime stress, that kind of thing. Um, Coming up with solutions for myself and only to find that, you know, a lot of my family and friends have the same problems and a lot of their family and friends have the same problems. And it got to the point where I was just driving around in circles all the time, dropping off products. And I finally figured, why not make a go of this and try to make it real? And, you know, my whole philosophy has been to make it much more accessible. And it Education is a big, big, big component of making it accessible, as well as having products, not only obviously that are effective and quality, but that people can understand easily. It's not, um, you can pick it up, read the label and get your head wrapped around what it is. So you don't have to spend hundreds of hours of reading medical papers and doing the research that I did. Just let me do it for you, but let me give you access to something that's all natural that can really, really benefit your well. And is your product line primarily a CBD line, a CBN line? Is it a cannabinoid line without THC or do you also have THC products? So here right now in Kind Lab specifically is all hemp. So some products do have a trace amount of THC in them, um, but nothing over the 0.3% legal limit. Um, I do use other cannabinoids now, CBG, CBN. Um, I'm coming out with a product with CBC also um, just to enhance the overall effect as well as other plant-based ingredients, saffron, arnica, magnesium. So the idea there is someone can pick something up and say, well, I don't really understand what CBD does, but I know that, wow, arnica would really be great for my shoulder that's hurting me or magnesium could be good for my stiff lower back. And then that way, not only does it make the product that much more effective, but it gives people like a bridge to really understand. Um, longer are they, than- are you probably explaining probably are they tinctures or are they gel caps? Or are they gummies? What are they? Yep. So I have um, a combination of various tinctures. I choose cream, balms. I kind of run the gamut, to be honest. Um, a little bit of everything, primarily just to not only am I looking to make sure the delivery method is going to be the most effective for the problem I'm trying to solve with this specific product, but also to give people a choice. Um, chews are really popular in general right now. I mean, like everyone's going back to the Flintstone days where they're just popping, you know, yummy kind of candy type of vitamins. But the good thing about chews is that they're sugar and they taste good and they, they're very non-threatening looking. So a lot of people who are starting their journey just love to try the chews. So that's been a really popular product for us. Gotcha. And, and again, you're, you're using not just cannabis and how not just hemp, but you're using other botanicals and, and other uh, herbs and things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the idea again is not only combined can all those plants just, you know, we're kind of attacking a problem from multiple angles, which is really helpful when you're not really necessarily sure what a root cause is. Like, let's, you know, try as many different things as possible, as well as, like I said, when people pick things up, they can see ingredients that they recognize. 
And therefore, it's easier for them to understand how this is going to help them, even if they haven't necessarily done like hundreds of hours of research on cannabis. Well, I mean, you know, the CBD space is a, or the, the hemp space is a pretty crowded space these mm-hmm. days. What helps differentiate your, differentiate your products from the others that are in the marketplace? So one thing I noticed as I was starting my company is that there are a lot of companies that are focused on millennials. And there are a lot of companies that are quote unquote gender neutral, but they tend to skew a little bit male. But if I was a customer going out and looking at products, there just wasn't a lot that I felt like was for me. You know, I would read the back of the package and be like, well, this would be great for my, you know, 20 year old niece, but for me, maybe not. And it was really just starting to look at now, what do I need now as a woman over 45? You know what? There's not a lot out there for us. Um, And I really wanted to help women feel their best. So that was another big component of it is, Um, Women 45 plus, how do I help you embrace your body, really understand nature, evolve with time and and help you just kind of live your best life? Um, A lot of women around that age are starting to feel invisible by society. There are not a lot of options as you get older. And, you know, the way women's health is very much different from men's health. And so my products are really focused on women 45 plus and our struggles. Um, and I think that's just one area where there's just not a lot of players in the market. And I really hope I can help that group of women. Feel well, like especially, that. especially when, you know, most of the ad agencies and, you know, uh, publicists out there are trying to reach that sweet spot demographic that exactly 15, 15 what is it? 15 or 18 to 35. I think yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they kind of leave women out once you, as if you don't exist over the age of 35, right? Right. Exactly. And so it's hard when you're looking for products. I mean, I had a physical store for some time before COVID and a lot of times people would come in and they'd look very hesitant, you know, women my age until they saw me and they were like, Oh, okay. All right. This is starting to make sense now. It's almost like a little bit of a, like they almost wanted to be convinced. They walked in, saw someone, you know, who was their age, who looked like them, you know, representation matters. And it made them that much more comfortable with, um, you know, trying out the products. And you said you had a physical store before COVID. But, you know, was not cannabis deemed an essential service during COVID in mass? It was. Um, so uh, marijuana specifically was. First, they only said medical, but then they opened it up to adult use. Um, that stayed open. Um, my products were hemp-based, though. And so my store, it was interesting. I was kind of at a funny pivot where I could either go all in on the store and really figure out how to make that, you know, really big and become kind of like a full-time retailer. Or I could focus on the brand have the time and the space to really rethink formulas as I was getting tons of feedback from women who are coming in um, and kind of go all in and become much more of a national brand versus kind of like the local hero. So my COVID silver lining, to be honest, was I was so worried beforehand that if I closed the store and really to pivot to e-commerce and focus on the bigger picture, you know, would those customers keep coming back and would I be able to make my products available to them? And boom, COVID hit. Everyone got trained to order online. And it was a little bit more easy for me to pivot to that. And since then, you know, I have completely new branding. I'm launching a bunch of new products. So um, like I said, that was a little bit of my COVID silver lining and more of like a business strategic move, just being able to take advantage of that opportunity. And you were, I guess your first, first focus groups were friends and family, right? Exactly. So were you, you, were, you said you were driving around, you know, providing products to a lot of friends. They gave you a lot of good feedback. Yeah, they did. They did. And it was, 
that's what I loved about this, having the store. And I do miss it for that reason. Um, and, you know, being able to get direct feedback from people's people come in and they'd be like, okay, well this helped for this, but not for this. And that was like almost, okay, now it's a challenge. So my first big, you know, pat on the back challenge was restless leg. I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge problem sure. for people. Um, and it can be extremely disruptive and they're really no good uh, conventional therapies for it. Um, tennis elbows, another one. So just kind of, People will come in and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. And I'm at the point where, you know, I'm willing to basically try anything. And so that was a lot of the feedback I got to create products that would be very multi-purpose and also be able to offer people solutions where they haven't been able to get any um, previously. Sure. And what, what, I mean, what's your objective now with the brand? What do, you, what, do you, what do you hope to achieve with your brand? So I'm really trying to push out more nationally. Um with some of the new products I have, especially of some, my rest chews, which have just come out, they have CBD, CBN, and magnesium glycinate, which is easy on your stomach. So many people are magnesium deficient. Um, and magnesium deficiency can present a lot like anxiety, insomnia. It has a lot of those side effects. So it's just trying to get people well. Um, the next product I'm just, I'm just launching now are my lift capsules. They have saffron in them, which is being extensively studied. Uh, for use for mood. Um, everyone is so sad and stressed. And it's been, we've all been in the state for so long that we almost don't even notice it anymore. Um, and the calls I get and the feedback from people, it's just people are really, really hurting right now. And women, especially women 45 plus, tend to really suck it up. They don't want to complain and they spend all their energy, you know, making sure. Um, you know, they're propping up the sky for everyone else, but then they don't do it for themselves. And that's where I got myself when my insomnia was so bad. I was not taking care of myself and not prioritizing my own health and happiness at all. Um, and that's what I want women to do, especially now. Um, so I'm really looking to get my products out nationally. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. And you are in the hemp space, so therefore you can sell across state lines. How, exactly. what's, been the, what's been the reaction across state lines? So it's actually been really positive. Um, you know, when I opened the store a couple of years ago, there was still a lot of like like controversy per se around it. People would say, hey, am I allowed to come in here? Do, do you need to see my license or something like that? Now, most people at least are aware of hemp. They may not like it or believe in it. It still ha- definitely carries a stigma. Um, I am looking actually my entire, my first objective was always to get into marijuana, but I knew I could build a national brand with him and you have to go state by state with marijuana. So I'm looking to do that now in Massachusetts as while I push kind lab out and build that as a national brand, um, and get the feedback from people and be able to say, okay, now if you need or want marijuana, I also have those products for you. I find it really, really interesting that you said you got pushback on hemp where hemp has been a product that's been available in this country for 
the last 300 years. I mean, uh, you can, we, 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 the America was built on hemp with a lot of people don't even understand. Right. You know, back to all the forefathers and, you know, and, and, you know, uh, every one of the forefathers grew hemp. As a matter of fact, there were multiple times along the way when, you know, there was mandatory as a citizen who was a farmer to grow hemp. So I'm just, I'm just trying to understand what was, what's been the pushback on your hemp products? So the hemp products, it's just, you know, the plants look nearly identical and people right. started to, you know, lump hemp and marijuana together. They really just didn't understand that there was a difference that, you know, and so a lot of what I did was say, well, hemp is, um, you know, the non-intoxicating version. It's very high in CBD versus and very low in THC. So you get some phenomenal wellness benefits, but there is no high because um, people were very concerned about that. So there was much more of a learning curve um, where I feel like people are to a certain extent, like educating each other and catching up a little bit now, three or four years ago, it was, it was a definitely a different story. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably one of the, the, the shortfalls of this industry is that our lack of education of the consumer. Um, we, a, we, a lot of people got into this business and jumped out there trying to do B2B business, right. business sales, but failed to remember that you needed a consumer. That's the reason why, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is all over the television and all over the radios with ad after ad, after ad, after ad, because it's trying to inform the consumer that there's an option out there. I mean, what would you, what would you like to see change in our industry? I mean, as I mentioned, I am going for an adult use marijuana product manufacturing retail license here in Massachusetts. And the process is insane. I mean, it's literally the, the only substance that's more heavily regulated is uranium. And we're talking about a plant that you can grow in a pot in your house right now. So. And does Massachusetts law allow for in individuals to grow their own? Yes. As part of adult use, you can grow six per adult, max of 12 per household. So people, you know, have access to it. But the stigma is just still really strong. And I almost feel like when you know, do I think it should be regulated? Probably it should definitely be taxed. I mean, that's a great opportunity. But when you feel like you're going through airport security or worse, just to buy a joint, it's it's very uncomfortable. And when you see a security guard standing outside of a store, you know, it's going to make people think twice. So it might be out there. Is it fully accessible? I don't think so. And you'd like to see more accessibility, right? Definitely. Um, more accessibility. And then also, I mean, this is why I'm doing it is products that really help people help women, especially women 45 plus and can really enhance wellness. My products aren't as much about recreation, although, you know, certainly use it for recreation if um, that's your thing. But mine is mostly for, um, you know, just for wellness to really help people feel better. Especially your CBD products. Now, you're, how about your, have you already started producing THC products or no? Not yet. Um, I've been doing my own R&D, but the THC products will be very similar. I mean, it's literally like I'm swapping out one ingredient. I think the biggest difference would be for like women's health. There's some areas where THC for um, like sexual health can be a little bit more impactful than CBD. But other than that, it's really a matter of, you know, with our endocannabinoid systems, CBD is like walking through the door, but you got to go through the screen door. THC really unlocks and opens that door. For so, so for some people, they need that THC to really get them the full power of all the plant benefits. Absolutely. Well, what do you what do you think about? I mean, just just you've now been in this industry for what a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, how long do you think it's going to be before the, there are some changes at the federal level? 
I wish it would be longer, but I mean, to be honest, every week I see someone saying, Hey, when federal comes, it's going to look like this. It's really going to hurt small businesses. It's really going to do this. It's really going to do that. But we've been having the same conversations for years. Unfortunately, I think it is going to take a really long time. Um, and I wish it wouldn't. Things like banking and all those all those regulations that are so unnecessary and so go against state rights just make it that much more difficult for smaller operators to get involved. Um, and do, you have, do you have the same banking issues? The fact that you know the the federal government passed the you know Farm Act. I thought that that alleviated some of the issues when it came to selling hemp-based products. But do you have some of the same issues? Yep. I've had my bank accounts closed. I've had more than one credit card processor shut me down. It's, you know, to be honest, hemp is almost in a little bit of a gray area. And that is worse than being just plain illegal, you know, federally illegal. So because people just don't know what they banks and and very, you know, like risk averse um, industries just don't know what to do with it. Um, And a lot of the times, they will panic or they will just say, you know what, we're not even going to go there. So it can be really difficult. Even when you had your brick and mortar selling only hemp products, you still ran into difficulty with banking? Yes. And I got shut down, you know, more than once. I got an email at 3 p.m. saying, hey, by the way, we're going to shut your credit card processing down at 5 p.m. tonight. Thanks so much for being a customer. And then the next day I'm trying to scramble figuring out do I put an ATM in my store? Do I, you know, people don't carry cash anymore. So I would say that it is definitely carried the same amount of frustrations. Um, I have the same issues, social media. I mean, you see a lot of CBD companies advertising. They must be spending so much money because my advertising accounts keep getting shut down. So it's still very hard. There's nothing really, um, it's not, it's very inconsistent. And you kind of don't know when you're going to run into a roadblock. Well, that's something, of course, you would love to see change in this industry, yeah. right? I mean, with allow for advertising, especially when it comes to CBD. I mean, you know, or and, and especially when it comes to hemp. I mean, I think for years uh, before the hemp bill, you could buy hemp products, but the majority of them were actually imported products from other countries. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, banking is a big one. It keeps a lot of people out of the space makes it very difficult to raise money. Women and minorities traditionally have a harder time raising money in the first place. So it just puts that much more pressure on people being able to either start or run a successful business. So um, banking's a big one. And then just, I think the hype is still there very much like the, um, you know, reefer madness and all that kind of stuff is evident when you walk by dispensaries, at least in Massachusetts, and there's a security guard sitting outside. I mean, that that makes people really nervous. Um, And I think it's going to, it's going to turn some people off, which is too bad. And it has turned people off. Well, you know, speaking of that, you said that, you know, the first night after you got that good night's sleep, your husband applauded. How's your, what's your husband think about, you know, his wife being in this business? He is the number one person who teases me because I was always like, you shouldn't be doing that. It's illegal. What did Mr. T say? So I was always the one lecturing him. And now he's like, okay, yeah. And now this is your job. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't thank you enough for being a part of today's show. I mean, anything else you want to add? No, thank you so much for having me. I just encourage anyone who wants to try a product. If you try something, you don't have to do it forever. Just give it a try. At the very least, it's something else you can cross off your list to feeling better. Well, Angela, if people wanted to find out more information about you and about your products, where do they go? 
they can just go to kindlab.com um, and you can always reach out to me. I'm available to help people personalize recommendations and advice on how to start feeling great. Absolutely. Well, I can't thank you enough for being a part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And whenever you want an opportunity to come back, please let us know. We love talking to you. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Montel. Yes, ma'am. For sure. You stay well, take care of those kids, and um, you know, we'll see you soon. Okay. Sounds good. All right now. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now. Well, then let's go. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Hot Happy Mess, hosted by me, your girl, Zuri Hall. We are celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the Hot Happy Mess podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday. Yes.